You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learned. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Bella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's he ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you are having a good day. I hope that this quarantine is treating you well. And I hope that you are doing all of the right things, much like our club is. Uh, just one more example, late last week and into this week, they've been calling around to some of the supporters who may be, um, we'll say more veteran, and checking in on them, making sure they're doing okay, just seeing how they're doing. Um, they don't have to do that stuff. And the fact that they do it is great. And I'll tell you why it's so great, because I don't even do that enough to the people in my life that are older. Um, I should do it more. I feel guilty now. I'll probably cut this short and get to that um, soon. But it's just one of those things where it, it is a good idea to check in on people. We just probably don't do it as much as we should. And the club is doing it. And that is just one of the many reasons, of course, that we love them. This week on the show, I'm joined by Zach Coopersmith. Zach uh, runs a couple of, of Instagram pages. One is the Saints Voice. The other is at Southampton FC on Instagram. Uh, there are two ends on the end of that. The link is in the show notes. And uh, there wasn't a lot of news coming out of the club this week or out of the Premier League. And um, unfortunately, the one thing that kind of did make the headlines concerns Ian Valerie, and it's it's not a very nice situation. So if that's something that you don't want to hear discussed, if you don't want to, uh, you know, you just don't want to hear that. Um, the timing for that is in the show notes. So you can just skip ahead, uh, uh, past that. Uh, we discuss it fairly early on in the show. So just so you are aware of that. Um, and then also at the time we discussed it on Saturday, we were only, we were going off what was out there. So, uh, it hasn't really flared up since then as I record this, uh, now on Monday evening, but who knows, uh, what'll happen between, uh, the time that I push publish and the time that you actually hear it. So just keep that um, in mind. Um, other than that, you know, we discuss all the normal stuff. Uh, we'll talk about football. We'll talk about the virus, talk about Jahidi, uh, being in the United States and, and coaching and all that stuff. So it's always good to catch up with Zach. I really enjoy talking to him. So, uh, I did try something a little bit different this week, uh, with the audio recorded a slightly different way. So, uh, you may hear some weird stuff. Maybe you won't even notice. I notice, but that's because I pay attention to that stuff. So I don't know if I'll do it again, but, um, wanted to try it. Figured there was no better time than the present. And so uh, now here we are. The only other thing I can think of is the fact that it was initially reported or rumored that Gao had lowered the asking price. It was then reported by the Southern Daily Echo that that was not the case. So at this point, he has not lowered the asking price. Does it really matter? I don't know. Is, is he going to sell it? 
doesn't seem like the time to sell a club. But anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's get to the show. Thanks again for joining us. I hope that you enjoy it. As always, reach out, let me know what you think, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Zach Coopersmith. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Zachary underscore Coopersmith. He also is one of the admins on the Southampton FC page. It's two ends on the end of Southampton and also on the Saints voice. But uh, as we were talking, Zach, it's not a lot to talk about, not a lot to post about on Instagram these days. But uh, for people who are, uh, once the season gets going again or the team actually starts making some news, uh, there will be stuff to there for people to find if they want to do that. And so links are, are there. But Zach, welcome back. And uh, thanks for taking the time to, to join me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while since I've been on. I always enjoy coming on. It kind of stinks, you know, that just nothing's going on right now, but go with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, there's not much going on anywhere. And the more we look for news, um, I think the worse it gets because sometimes you find stuff you don't necessarily uh, enjoy reading. Uh, and sometimes you get stuck talking about uh, Angus Gunn potentially playing FIFA and representing the team. It's, it's a very, very slow news time. If, if the club's main headline on the website is Angus Gunn playing in the FIFA Premier League tournament? You are running out of stuff to post. Like they're barely posting videos, and it's kind of hard because there's just nothing going on in the world right now. Yeah, and it's everything is shut down due to this virus. Yeah, and I mean, also two for one jersey sales if you're if you're looking for one of those. Um, free shipping within the UK. So there you go. Um, and I know there's not a lot going on, but I, I was we were talking last week a little bit about the club. You know, the the social media accounts have been doing okay. There have been a lot of like, you know, like throwbacks and they're doing as, as, as well as they can in, in this time. And uh, I always think our admins do a good job, but the website is, is there's not, not a lot being posted. And I guess that's just, I guess that's just a sign of the times and that's, that's okay. Um, but for you, I mean, you're, you still have to go to school. Uh, you go to American University, but you guys are doing online stuff, obviously, because schools are closed. Um, but you're generally super involved, uh, with the basketball program and, and other programs around campus. And for you, either, it seems like whenever I, I talk to you, you're either going to a match, you are at, you know, working a game for that, or you're going to a concert and now you've got nothing. So I, I don't know how somebody as active as you is dealing with, with a time like this. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, you know, this is the first time really in my entire life I've gone this long without doing anything. Sports are always a huge part of my life. And literally the only thing that's going on right now is the Belarusian Premier League. And like, I don't know much about it and it's really not that great. Um, and not being at school, you know, with my friends and with the teams that I work with, it's, it's tough. It's a massive adjustment. And I'm sure for any of you guys back home in the UK, like everything is completely shut down there. And my best friends at school lives in Ipswich. and she was telling me how everything's just closed. So it's a really interesting time change and it stinks really. I yeah. wish things would go back to some semblance of normality. Yeah. And they will uh, eventually, hopefully. Um, but you know, we, I mean, our big thing was we went for a walk yesterday for like two hours because that's just what we could do. And it's that, that is basically what our days revolve around. It's uh, we're watching all the Marvel movies. We try to go for a walk. And we start talking about what we're going to have for dinner, like at noon the day before, because um, we're just, uh, what, what else are we going to do? Um, 
And while the team's not putting up a bunch of news on the website, there was quite a bit uh, coming out of Twitter on Friday and, you know, not, not necessarily for the best. It involved Yan Valerie and involved uh, uh, claims that a woman that he had a relationship with, um, that they had a baby that he didn't want, and, and the baby has, has passed away. Um, and there was, you know, we've seen uh, p- photos of a, of, a, of a paternity test or a DNA test. Uh, we've seen uh, a number of posts from, from this account um, claiming that, that Yan Valerie potentially, uh, you know, drugged the mother with uh, some sort of birth control or, or uh, abortion type pill and, and the baby is gone. And, and that's a horrible story. And I don't know, I was a little bit, I wasn't sure if we talk about it or not, because it is at this point a rumor. The account's now gone, taken, uh, deleted. Um, but I, I, the more I thought about it, the more I thought like, am I just not, do I just not want to talk about it because it involves a player on the team and I don't want the story to be true or, you know, what, what's the, what's holding me or what, what's kind of pushing me from, from talking about it because I don't want to spread rumors. I don't want to jump on the, the bandwagon of accusing him of all of this stuff. But at the same time, um, a story like this potentially involving a member of the first team squad and, and something, I mean, this is, this is essentially murder, right? If this is true. Absolutely. And with all the stuff that had been posted, as well as some stuff, I guess, that could go against the evidence that was shown on Twitter. It's such a disturbing topic because if it turns out to be true, like, first off, his Southampton career is over. And I think his career in general should literally be done. I don't think any team should sign him. And I think he will end up in jail. But if it ends up being false, um, then what she did is absolutely despicable. And there's really no way to know who's telling the truth here because it just happens so suddenly. And there, and all we have are these Twitter posts to say stuff and Facebook posts. So it's really, it's a tough, tough thing to hear about. It's difficult to like put it all together because there have been comments uh, coming from similar type accounts uh, going back, kind of a, looking at, at, at Valerie uh, for, for months, even back when he was showing up in, in the first team training squad, there was, there's questions about this uh, or questions being asked of him about how they can stand by them or, or about relating to this or whatever. And, and yeah, I mean, if you have a, a daughter and you don't take responsibility for that, that is, that itself is despicable in terms of uh, as someone who has kids who recognizes that, you know, the people who don't take responsibility for their children, um, you know, that that's a disaster, but to have this happen and to have this kind of, um, come up, man. It, it, if, if it's true, it's like, as you said, his, his career should be over. And if it's not true, um, you wonder, you know, now that all this has been said, how, like, will people forget about this? Will people remember this kind of forever? And what, and, and one thing that jumps out to me and we were talking beforehand is uh, she said she's been sent a non-disclosure order stating that she's not allowed to speak about this, but she decided to write about it anyway, which, it, it, there's so many questions around it. it uh, I don't even know kind of where to, where to start with it. You know, and I've been looking at it for now way too long. And I definitely think there, there's just so much confusion because another thing that I believe is if there was a lot more substance to the story, some major news source, or at least news sources related to the club, would most certainly be reporting on this. And I found nothing in terms of like maybe the Daily Echo or stuff like that just reporting on it, which is 
very surprising to me, to say the least. And then if you also look, there was a Facebook post from that's from the person of the same name that was posted and let me just pull this up. That was posted on July 16, 2019, saying, I love and miss you. Wish I could have traded places. I wish I will make sure you get the justice you deserve from the hospital for not diagnosing us with sepsis earlier. That seems like a bit fishy. Um, and it's just a very big contradiction to the story in general. Yeah. And you look at, you look at the, the allegations that were, uh, were made yesterday publicly um, and people jumped on it, which is, I, I think like part of the, the part of the problem is that we're, we're so starved for things and we're so willing to just sit and look at Twitter and kind of jump into uh, whatever is there that people are going to, we'll, we will take those screenshots and make them true and, and build up the story in our minds to, for that to be true without really having all of the context. And to, to be fair, several people went back and found the screenshots because like I said, this has come up before and you know, you see the, the, the post from Facebook that was uh, taken again, that said, uh, talked about sepsis and, and, and now to have that story changing, I don't know. I mean, we don't know the backstory. I, I do know that Ian Valerie has been kind of out of the, out of the spotlight for a while. Um, I do know that over the summer, uh, if you watch Mario Lamina's Instagram, Ian Valerie was hanging out with Mario Lamina, which I don't consider to be the best uh, of influences in terms of, of off the field behavior. Um, but that doesn't make him guilty of this, you know, and, and it's very dangerous for us to, to, to either one just, defend him because he's a player of the, of the team and just say like, he can't, he can't possibly have done this because we don't know that. And two to say like, he's definitely guilty because we also don't know that. And if this is going to play out in court, then we should allow that to happen. And you know, the, the, the court of public opinion doesn't really, you know, we don't, he's, he's going to be, you know, people are going to view him either guilty or not one way or another. And, and I don't know, I don't know what what this does this doesn't do anything good for for Valerie this probably doesn't do anything good for the legal case i think it, you know you know and maybe this is my bias showing is that it's just you know it's just there's no news this will go this will make this will make news and maybe this person dislikes Valerie or, or for whatever maybe it's not even related to him i don't i don't know i don't I have, I have no idea kind of where this comes from other than the fact that people were so worked up about it yesterday that it, i think it just consumed uh, a lot of at least the the corner of twitter that is dedicated to Southampton. Absolutely. And as we know, Lamina is tonic like lemonade. Awful catchphrase, by the way. Um, the thing is with Valerie here is you really don't know. And I think another reason this caught bigger news is because he's an athlete. Yes, Southampton might not be the biggest club, but there's still a Premier League club and Premier League clubs get very good following. So if stuff like this comes out, even if you're a smaller Premier League club, it will make the news and it will start to spread. So that's another reason why you have to be able to understand it from all sides. Because as you said, there's no confirmation of anything here. And that's where the issue lies. Because the court of public opinions doesn't mean anything. It yeah. just means that I may believe this, you may believe that. But it doesn't say whether a person is actually guilty or not guilty. And until we really get due process or really start to learn more, we, we can't really give an opinion. And another thing that um, has, I don't know if surprising, but it's just another statement here is Valerie hasn't released a statement to us. 
generally when accusations like this come out you will have heard a statement of some sort by this point even if it's just vehemently denying it you generally will have heard some semblance of a statement which he just hasn't provided other than you know posting on his story pictures of him with shoes yeah well and i think that that probably goes some way and like like you also mentioned the the daily echo hasn't said anything I mean, not even the tabloid newspapers have have come out and said anything about it. There's nothing on Yan Valerie other than from this thing, which to me, it seems like those places would be looking for stories like this to to publish without maybe all of the necessary journalism. Because I think if you, if you go to the Daily Echo, they're not going to put anything out that jeopardizes their relationship with the club right now uh, on something as controversial as this until they can prove it. Right. But like. Some of these other these other tabloid newspapers, you would expect them to kind of run with the story, and there hasn't been anything, which doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it means like there there is definitely something going on, and and I, I'm gonna have to see more evidence before I before I convict this guy in in my mind for anything. But at the same time, I'm worried. Like, would I am I only saying that because he's a player for the team that I support, and if it if it was just, you know, Joe from block seven or whatever, would I be more likely to go like that guy's a piece of crap and, and he's guilty because he's not, because the allegation has been made against somebody that I, I don't know. I don't necessarily, you know, don't have the, I guess the, the same um, respect for just, that's not even the right word, but like, does it make sense what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. There's an implicit bias. That's really it. Because if you support a team, you are going to defend your players till the end. Like, if they've been accused of something, you're going to say, oh, there's no way they could have done this, even if they did. So it's an implicit bias that you just have to break. And there's really no easy way around it at this point. And we will see what happens. My guess is we'll get more information over the next few weeks. And if we don't get more information over the next few weeks, that might answer the question for us. Yeah, I imagine that by the time this comes out on Tuesday, we're speaking Saturday um, you know, evening, uh, UK time. By the time this comes out, uh, I can imagine us not having talked about it since then, you know, like this could just go away that quickly. And, and I think that it might itself may confirm, well, we have it in May flare up again. I mean, who, who we don't, we don't know. We don't know. Um, but it, it's not at all what I want to talk about is this is not the news that I hope to, to hear about the club or the players. And, you know, Valerie, whether it was the, the virus or whether it was something else that kept him out of the team, you know, people have suspected things like that for a while because him just not being around the squad and it, it would make sense if all this was happening that he may, would not be allowed to be around the squad because he's making kind of these decisions or maybe it's just because he hung out with, with Lamina, which as you said, um, terrible, terrible tagline, uh, also just off the field issues uh, right and left. But and he played great in the Champions League. I mean, in the three games he started, they lost all three. And I think their goals... <laughs> I think their goals for versus goals against was like a minus 13 in the three Champions League games he started. So that's a pretty good ratio right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Losing 6-0 at home is not good, if you ask me. Not usually, right? That's not usually what you you want. Um, But, you know, there it is. I I guess moving on from the Ann Valerie situation, there was some news coming out of the Premier League about a potential return of the league and when that happens. And... You know, going into to writing Friday's newsletter, um, I actually wasn't planning on on putting a, a bunch of stuff in the newsletter this week about about that. But it just kind of struck me that the the idea that we could potentially see this they want they want to see the the 
the season closed or finished by the end of June, which makes sense given that's when, you know, the contracts run out. Um, so players need to be, you know, released from those contracts. Sometimes there's non-playing staff that have contracts that run through that vendors, um, you know, uh, advertising revenue, all of that stuff kind of runs through that point. Um, but I, I think setting that as a deadline maybe might not be the best thing. And now we could potentially see um, the season finished if if it goes through behind closed doors and some sort of altered format. And and I just say this as a fan, like, and and you can probably attest to this, like being in a stadium that is mostly empty while the game's going on, the game has a different feel. The games get played differently than if the the crowd is there and the you know the the supporters are allowed to, to do that. And I think that so much of of what Southampton has done so far during this time in terms of making sure that non-playing staff are getting paid and things like that to, to if they were to agree to something like this, it just once again kind of confirms that the, the supporters maybe aren't, aren't, they're not looking, being looked at as, as, a, as an important part of this or looking at that TV revenue. They're looking at some of these other things that granted you did sign a contract. There are things that need to be taken care of, but for me, it would be a, almost a disgrace to see the, the league just kind of, shove it through and make sure like we, we did it just to say we did it instead of doing it what I would consider to be the right way, which would be to, to find a way to play some of these matches in front of fans. And if that means we, we we're done now and we take a financial hit in terms of uh, the, the season being played out, I think that I think I would be more happy with that. And I don't know where you stand on that. And I'm sorry, I maybe ran through all the, the options there instead of just letting, letting you talk a little bit. Absolutely. Like personally, there's an, Obviously, there's just no right way to go about this because you never expect a situation like this to ever happen. I mean, if you end the season now, some of the teams that might be in the relegation zone could be annoyed because maybe they could have gotten out. And some of the teams fighting for European places might not get their chance to finish that. But you also got to think about the health risks and understanding where the money comes from is very important because we as fans obviously want to be there to support our team. Like you look at the Atalanta Valencia second leg in the Champions League, like it's so weird seeing a stadium with literally no one there. You can hear everything going on on the pitch and it's a very different vibe. Mm -hmm. But we also got to understand that this is for them, for the Premier League itself, for other leagues around the world, this is a business. And whether we like it or not, it, it is a business and they have to make money so they can continue to run and may and turn a profit or at least make some semblance of revenue because you look at what scotland did like they basically have shut down all their leagues and done it via ppg to determine winners and who's staying up and who's mm -hmm. going down and there's there's no right way because different leagues are doing this different ways like la liga is doing this just based on current standings and if you look at the premier league if they try to push through games more or less to get it done by the time the next season will be scheduled to start in August and still give the players time off. You're more or less going to be having to play games every 48 to 72 hours. Mm -hmm. That is a very big health risk to the players in terms of getting the staying injury. Like if you don't have a huge squad or a lot of squad depth, you're going to be risking a lot of players getting hurt. And that's something that people, and that we don't know if we can do. Yeah. So it is the right way to go about it, to try and finish it. Maybe is the right way to just end it with current standings the best? Maybe. But there is no right or wrong answer here. I personally, if I was in control, if you're not going to be able to get fans in the stadium, I would end it based on just current standings 
Because, I mean, generally, standings through this point tend to be fairly reflective of how the season has been. So I think that's just the most reasonable thing to do. But I don't know what they'll end up doing. My guess is that they're going to try and play some games behind closed doors if they can. But I don't know if that's plausible at this point. Yeah, and and the Premier League did say that they were going to wait until, you know, the government says it's safe to do so and that it's dependent on testing. Um, I think the Bundesliga came out and said that they were looking at potentially playing games behind closed doors and that's, it would require still some 240 people in the stadium um, from broadcasters to to playing staff and, and, and other staff that have to be there to make sure the game can go forward. And that, I mean, you talk about if everybody has to be tested, you know, right then before the game starts, before they're allowed in and everything else. And, and then what the problem is, is if one player from a, from a, um, a squad turns up to have the virus or test positive, then all of a sudden everybody who's come into contact with them. So potentially all the other players from the team have to be quarantined for 14 days. And if you're talking about playing a game every three or four days, all of a sudden that's, that that's three games they could miss of maybe four games they miss uh, in that time. And that, that, that's just not, I don't think that's fair to anybody. And, you know, for me to, to say like, I, I understand the, that there's money involved and things like this, but, I mean, that just doesn't seem like it's, it, that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing as the, the matches we get week in, week out. Even if teams are playing, you know, midweek and again on the weekend, they're, the, the, the quality of matches that's going on will be, will be far different than what we'll see if, if we go forward with, with this kind of a, a thing. And I, I don't mean to like, I think this new saying is like, we don't have worldwide enough tests. If you're, if you're telling me that the Premier League getting these games played, and therefore requiring that number of tests, 240 tests times 10 matches, uh, you know, three or four times a week, that's more important than people who are living around the country that need the test to potentially go back to work to support themselves, uh, that that could be putting other people and their family at risk. Like, I think those people are, those, those tests need to be given more so than, you know, somebody playing in an empty stadium for me. That That's my kind of personal opinion on that. I don't like going into a lot of stuff like that, but I agree like this. I, I don't think they're going to be able to finish really any of the seasons. And I'd be surprised if we start our next seasons on time. But at this point, the most important thing is the health and well-being of players and safeties of fans and other people around the world. So whatever that mean, whatever that is, it is. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you did point out like, you know, it's not like we haven't played any games. We don't have, you know, half the season left. Um, you know, we, we've played a significant number of, of matches to this point. And if you can't, you know, after 28 or 29 matches, uh, you know, we're, we're almost there. So I think, it, like we said, we have a pretty good indication of, uh, of what's happened and, and how teams are, pl- are playing out. And honestly, like we look like we're safe. So if we could just end it now, we'd be fine. Um, we'll, we'll, stay, we'll stay up and, and, and that'll be all right. Um, but obviously, you know, I, like you said, the the health and safety of everybody is is the most important thing, and I don't think rushing back just to say we we did it is 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 a good enough reason to uh, you know potentially put lives at risk or take tests and things away from uh, people who who could you know potentially need them to save lives, not just not just play a game because after all it is it's a game, um, and I, I want it back too because I'm sitting on, I'm sitting at home, I want to watch football very badly, but I don't know if I want it that badly. Um, but as we talked about earlier, Gunn will be playing FIFA, so we can watch that. We can watch our current second goalkeeper. 
play FIFA if you want. Um, how do you think he's going to do, by the way? Not feeling too good, but hopefully I'm wrong. Honestly, at this point, the last game I saw him play wasn't great. Hopefully he's better than the guy who actually plays for the club professionally, who's been on a rough patch as of late. Ouch, yeah, he's been on a rough patch. I, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I did reach out to him. Uh, he did not respond. Um, but uh, I think, I think interestingly, maybe we can make this blow up uh, at some point on, on Twitter or Instagram, is uh, the, the team that Gunn selects in front of him. Does Gunn pick himself over McCarthy? You know, we'll see that. And then what do you, what, it depends on the in-game rating? Because right now, I think they're both the same rating, maybe a one-point difference. So I think he has to by default. And then what if he? I mean, who does he pick? Who does he pick in front of him in, in defense? And what formation does he put? And uh, you know, well, I guess I, well, somebody will overanalyze that for us, and I'll just not watch the YouTube video because I don't care that much. But um, you know, somebody <laughs> somebody will do that. But um, I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the USL, and you know. American soccer, not not the best football in the world, not the best uh, play. And, and the second you go down to the second division, um, you know, it, it's not that it's not competitive. It's very it's very physical. Um, we I, I've been to a, a game or two, and it's it's enjoyable to watch. But it's it's much different than watching Premier League or Championship football. Um, Jahidi is over here uh, coaching at Hartford. He's over on the East Coast. Uh, we have a Southampton player on loan there. Um, and you actually have a little bit of insight into, into that, and you wanted to discuss that a little bit. So so Southampton and Hartford, actually, for general people who don't know this, they signed a partnership agreement, basically. Hartford will be sending players over on trials. We'll just be able to train with the academy because, you know, it's a higher-level academy than what we have here in the United States. And Southampton sent Jaidi over here for at least a year, potentially longer, okay. to coach the main USL side. Um, and they have also sent striker Tyreek Johnson, on loan to here for a, for the full season here. Uh, Johnson has played, I think, one Premier League match, and he played for like 40 seconds, a couple cup appearances. He was out on loan in the Nod League earlier this year in the fifth tier. So it's obviously the second tier of American football, soccer, whichever you'd rather call it, is obviously it's nowhere near what the Premier League, Championship League won. I think it's most comparable thing probably the first tier of non-league. So the fifth tier seems like a reasonable comparison for like some of those guys. Like if you look at a lot of guys who used to play in this league, there are some guys who actually played in the Premier League. For example, Glenn Murray played in the USL a few years back. But seeing how Jaidi's system changes over here is really interesting. Knowing a couple guys who play there professionally, it's interesting to see what they think of it because I think JD has to kind of play a similar system to Hasehudel, sort of by default, because they work in conjunction in terms of promoting players from the second team. And it's interesting seeing how his system works with a bunch of players who, you know, just aren't technically as gifted as people who know that system. And he seems to be a popular hit in Hartford. They've only gotten to play a couple games before coronavirus literally shut down the country and the Mm -hmm. world. But everybody seems to like him there. The guys who I'm friends with love him. They think he's a good coach. Um, they like how he runs the system. And he seems to be very popular with the fans, which is really, really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you said, the, the kind of partnership that's been kind of signed is, I guess we're, we're trying some new things, right? We're looking to, to get into places where, where hopefully we have a chance to scout some players that we maybe would miss otherwise. And, 
if you look back at, at kind of what made Southampton so good over the past 10 years, it was picking up those players, those gems, finding those those guys that can come over and play. Uh, whereas in recent years in our, in our transfer record, it hasn't been as good. Um, we've, you know, signed players who have, who have flopped. Uh, we've spent big money for, for two assists and things like that. And so to have maybe just one more chance to find something, um, I, I think that's that's probably a, a good thing for us. And uh, and it sounds like things are going well there in terms of, of what they were able to do before the season was put kind of the, on hold indefinitely. Because I think they only played one match, right? I think uh, Yeah, they only the got, USL in got in and And they had a second match postponed because their stadium wasn't fixed. Okay. And then you look at other players that have come on loan. For example, Josh Sims, who everyone knows was on loan to the MLS last year. And this year, as a guy who supports his MLS club, we love him. I don't know why the hell he's in the MLS. There's no reason he shouldn't be in the first team squad. There, there really isn't. He played well under Puel. There, there's no reason he shouldn't be in the first team squad, or at least on loan and maybe the championship. But yeah. I'm gonna be happy that he's here and I can see him locally, which is great. Yeah, and that he's playing, right? I think that's the that's what we want is we want him to play. Um, and you know, you and I were both disappointed, obviously, with everything that's going on. We were supposed to be in Chicago to watch him. Uh, and be there for the for the kind of Southampton weekend, and obviously that didn't work out because of of this. But um, you know, uh, with things that are out of our control at this point, uh, it, it is a little bit. Uh, it, it 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 is what it is. So we won't we won't dwell on it too much. But um, I guess that brings us nicely, kind of on to to other players on loan. Um, you know, I'm thinking we have a lot of players out on loan. Some of them obviously won't be coming back. You think of Cedric, who has been posting lots of training videos to Instagram that I don't care to watch. Uh, Yoshida, who's been quiet, uh, but still probably doing good stuff because that's just what he does. Uh, he's probably he was actually in the UK. He was actually in the UK this week. Is he really? Just, uh, yeah, his family. He's based obviously in Italy with Sampdoria, but his family still lives in the UK. So okay. he's been back in the UK for the last few weeks with his family. Well, good for when, him. When Italy was shut down, doing the right thing. You know, probably staying fitter than Cedric, just not posting it on Instagram, which is also good. Um, but I mean, neither one of those guys coming back obviously you look at at other players we have on loan we talked about Lamina earlier we talked uh, you think about Forrester think about uh, Ellie Nusi all of these guys we have out there I mean for you looking at them is there anybody that you I guess want to come back to the team that you want to see come back and maybe have another go uh, or do you think it's just offload as many of them as you can and and really, I mean, obviously we're speculating because we have no idea when the season will finish. We have no idea what happens when June 30th hits and their loans run out um, and they're supposed to come back and what we do get if, if the season's not over or whatever, it's all kind of speculation. But uh, I, I guess in an ideal world, who do you have back and, and be given another run in the first team? So I can tell you who will not be back. I don't want him back. He was the worst defender we had. I will take anybody over him. I'll take a training cone over him for that matter. Um, Lamina is toxic. I don't think he wants to come back. The only issue is the club that he's at, Galatasaray, doesn't have the money to op- to trigger his option. So I don't know where he ends up, but I don't think he plays for us again. Carrillo will not play for us again. That was a another great bust. Um, I still I think Elianusi could potentially have something, but I don't think that Ralph wants him back. Otherwise, he wouldn't have loaned him so quickly. But I think Elianusi has potential. I actually do think he will end up being a very good player. I don't see it with us. It's some of the younger guys that I'm more interested in seeing whether they'll come back. Some of the guys who are like academy players who've been like loaned out to different clubs, whether that be in lower 
English tiers like Alfie Jones to Gillingham, as well as Tom O'Connor, or guys like Hesketh. Can't remember where he is on loan. And, you know, Harrison Reed, who's been on loan at Fulham the last two seasons. And then some of the other guys, it's interesting to see whether they'll ever get their chances. Because when Hesketh played in his first team a few years back, he was good, as was Reed. And really, with Romeo getting older, Reed could potentially get a chance at that CDM role. Most of our loan players I don't see coming back is the thing. I don't see them ending playing more games for us because if you're loaning them out, unless they're young, it generally means they don't want to be there or you don't think they're good enough. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's the, I mean, there's there's a time and an age for guys to go out and get experience, but once they are, I, I guess I'd rather have them out on loan than be than be sitting in that that under twenty three squad, right? Because if if they can go out and play championship level football, maybe or you know even even in the top division in another league, I think that's better than them probably playing U twenty threes. Just um, from what I've heard from from different people and things like that, but if you go out on loan every single year and you're never given that chance in the first team and, and the, the guy that brought you in and kind of brought you up to the first team initially has now moved on where three or four coaches in and, and different from that. Like you look at the Sims thing, um, you know, you, you look at him and say like, Hey, there's a player there, but we're so far removed from, from that. Now he played well under Puel, but now we've had Pellegrino Hughes and now Hassan Hoodle. And you think like, just what, what's happened? What's happened to his chance? Uh, and and you you start to wonder if, if he's ever going to get that uh, again, and it's a little bit um, yeah, it's a little bit worrying sometimes, and that's I guess just kind of how it goes. And I think Sims especially because I mean, Hasenhutl came from RB Leipzig, which is obviously a Red Bull owned team. He's now on loan at New York Red Bulls. The all the RB teams so that's Salzburg, Leipzig, New York, and I think they have a team in Brazil or something. I don't know. Um, they all play the same system. That's kind of the thing. When Red Bull hires a coach, they all play the similar, if not same system. So seeing him on loan with another Red Bull club just confuses me because in his couple games he played under Hassan Hoodle, he played well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've enjoyed watching. I was, I, I wish I could watch him more. Um, and hopefully, you know, when MLS comes back, we'll be able to, to, to queue him up and, uh, and, and watch him run at defenses and, you know, watch defenses not defend, which is typically what people say about about MLS, which is fine because it's mostly true. But anyway, uh, any anybody else on loan that you think deserves a, a, a chance back in, in in the first team? Uh, some of the young guys who've been put out on loan, I think. I mean, as I said, I said Alfie Jones earlier. Given our lack of depth at center back right now, I mean, Danso's not going to return because I mean. The thing is, Hassan was playing him out of position. He's not a right back. He's not a left back. He is a center back, and he hasn't been able to play at center back. And presumably, sooner rather than later, we're going to lose a couple guys. And one would assume Vestergaard will probably leave soon. So give give Alfie Jones a chance in the first team. He was a player. He was nearly an EFL team of the season with Gillingham this year. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said, I think Reed could potentially earn a chance. Do I think he'll get a great opportunity? No, but do I think he has earned a chance? Probably, but those would be the main people I'm thinking of just because I think Lamina is so talented, but he doesn't want to be at a club like Southampton. He wants to be at a quote-unquote bigger club, and that's the issue. Like, Forster is a very good goalkeeper, but he was just so poor for us over the last few seasons, and I think he doesn't want to come back. Same with Hoot. So it's hard to see really any of our guys on loan coming back. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody wants Hoot near their football team currently. Um, he hasn't been great at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, you look at some of the guys, and, and most of the guys, I just want them to do well, and I want them to be comfortable, especially Forster. I mean, he there are so many memories I have of him that are so positive that I want him to be I want him to be that goalkeeper, even if it's not here, you know, um, still though, I think his wages are huge and he's on them and we need to do something with that because we can't just afford to, to subsidize those things, um, you know, um, over and over and over each, each year because we gave him this big long contract. Um, but like we, we all knew when Les Reed left that there was going to be some cleanup that had to happen that was going to take several seasons. And I think we're just seeing that, uh, just play out and it, it may be frustrating, but at the same time, there's not much, uh, we can do because we you know, sign those players to, to long-term contracts. All right, we have a, a, a listener question or two to, to go here. We'll start with one from Twitter, uh, from William Porteous, who is at pirate underscore ST. Uh, you may know him from his appearances on various Saints podcasts, including the Saints FC podcast. Uh, several times they, there was some throwback to the, uh, the drunken Swansea evening um, where they recorded live at a pub um, as they were watching, or just after the Swansea game, when they were they were drinking, and Gabbiadini obviously scored. Um, it's a good listen if you don't mind uh, a, a bit of uh, of beer chugging in in there. So uh, th- there's that. Um, but this is uh, in reference to to how our club has behaved over this period. Uh, he says, our, "Is our club morally in the Champions League and our Tottenham in the Vauxhall Conference?" Uh, he says, "I hope you're well, and your president isn't going to mess everything up for you." Um, I hope you're well as well, William. Um, I'm doing okay. I hope you're well. What do you think? I mean, has our club kind of done everything right so far uh, during this time? Absolutely. They've handled themselves with class, the players working to make sure all of the staff gets paid. We, the Southampton came together to make sure the players and the staff to make sure all of their club staff stays paid. They didn't furlough a single person and everybody's getting fully paid for a long time, which is great especially during these uncertain times and for example with Tottenham where they actually called their for- where Levy the owner called Pochettino asking him to take a pay cut to help the club I'm like come on man he- you fired him he- he- there is no reason for him to show you any goodwill I'm sure he feels bad for the players and some of the staff but for for Levy personally there's no reason for Pochettino to show him any goodwill and if you look at clubs that are like furloughing staff and have gotten mass backlash, for example, Liverpool and Bournemouth started furloughing staff, Liverpool especially, since they are more or less the champions in waiting, they are one of the biggest clubs in the world. And their furloughing staff, given how much money they're worth, is ridiculous. Bournemouth may be a smaller club, but they're still a Premier League club. So seeing them furlough staff once again is just not good. And the amount of backlash they received from fans speaks volumes. However, unlike Portsmouth, we didn't have to furlough any players. So I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Liverpool, I think, have walked back that. Uh, many fans uh, upset about that. Um, and, you know, you just hope that the Premier League clubs will do, make the right decision. And I think the Southampton have definitely, definitely done that. I think Tottenham's behavior, um, you look at all of the... Uh, you look at all of the all of the money they've spent on on players, stadiums, things like this. Uh, you know, firing and getting rid of uh, of Pochettino and all that, and and now they they want to take advantage of of the government scheme, which doesn't seem it doesn't seem right to me, but it is what it is. And look at Pochettino. Like first, like 
Arsenal, all the players took pay cuts. Whether you like them or not, they took pay cuts. Tottenham, the owner, the board, and the ownership in Tottenham are handling this completely wrong. And Liverpool and Bournemouth have both walked back on their claims there, continuing to pay people. Liverpool especially, like that was just. Mm-hmm. I'm more understanding of Bournemouth as they're a smaller club, but Liverpool, debatably the biggest club in the world, it, they, it's just ridiculous that they're doing that. Like I, I, I struggle to understand why. Yeah, uh, I, I have no idea. I, I don't have a good, a good. Uh, they, there's no good reason for that. Um, we did get a couple of questions on uh, Instagram, though. I've noticed people are definitely um, filling out the uh, the question form. Uh, with stuff that's not related. Um, so A-D-D-O-L-P-H-I-N apostrophe S add dolphins says, how's your day going? So how's your day going? Uh, I guess my day is going pretty well. Um, I took a couple days just to get away from home and go to a lake with my mom, just social distance and, you know, clear my head because with everything going on with school, with everything being shut down, it gets boring at home as you would expect. Life can be very not normal. So just trying to get some peace is nice. So it's sunny here as well, which is a nice change. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's only 924 in the morning. Um, I'm doing okay. I think I'm going to run out of coffee before my next coffee shipment gets in, which doesn't make oh. me happy because it means I have, I have backup coffee, but it's not as good. And that's very sad. Uh, that I, I, I'm rationing the coffee at this point. Other than that, everything is fine. <laughs> Other than that, it, yeah, everything's fine. It, it, life, life is okay. It, I can't really complain. Um, other than the fact that I, that I want, I want things to go back to normal, but I want things to do so safely. Right. Like, and I don't know, man. it's, it, 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 it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time. It's a weird time for everybody. Um, that's all the questions I have, but I, I for for from from listeners and things like that. But I did want to ask you something. Uh, we mentioned that you're a big kind of sports goer, a big concert goer. You don't sit still very often. And at this point, I think like what's what's been the hardest? Has it been to not not see live music or to not be able to watch the teams you so often get to to? I said, what's what's the bigger miss for you at this point? Is it is it sports or music? I love music, but I can always listen to music and find new music out there. It's hard to continuously watch sports replays because you usually know what's going to happen. And in terms of going to concerts, they're so much fun and I love doing it. But I've also been to so many and I can always rewatch those and still get that same feeling. Whereas in terms of sports, like I can't just turn on the TV, turn on ESPN and find the live game it's tough because you know when everything you do tends to revolve around that kind of thing it's so sad not having that biggest part of your life it does make me more social in a sense but just not having those sports which is where i've made a lot of my best friends from it's very disappointing and it's something that hopefully we'll get back to some semblance normality soon but as you said the most important thing is that everything is safe like I, I, if I have to live without concerts and sports for a bit longer just to make sure the world is safe, I will all do what I need to do because safety and everyone's health is the most important thing at this point. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think you'll go to first? Do you think you'll go to a, a concert or a live sporting event first? I'm expecting you to go to a live sporting event because I think they'll be opened first. Okay. Um, I, 
there was an article that came out the other day that said live sports. They said they said hopefully by the middle of this by the fall of this year, they said live music in the states probably not till at least twenty late twenty twenty one. So using process of elimination and just deductive reasoning, I'm assuming sports. Plus, there's way more sports around in general. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I was supposed to be uh, when by the time people listen to this, supposed to be a Rage Against the Machine. Uh, a concert oh, that literally waited oh. my entire life for, and it's it's not happening. Um, that sucks. Oh, they are great. It's it, it's going to be great. I just have to wait. Hopefully, the band you know doesn't break up before then again because they seem to uh, not enjoy each other all that much. Um, but who knows? I mean, who? It's only Zach De La Rocca. The other three have been in bands together. Right, 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 right. I don't want to call anybody out. I, I like I like them all. Um, but you know, it it is it is what it is, and I would say that the music the other three have produced has been better than the music that, that Zach has produced on his own. Uh, just just saying, not 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 wanting to throw shade in anybody. Uh, but <laughs> that's 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 what it is. Um, true. But anyway, I, I you know like like we said, when once it happens, it will be great, and I will very much enjoy it. Um, but until then, it's just kind of like this this waiting game that we don't have control over, and that's. That's it's that's the I think the rough part for for me, but yeah I mean Zach I just want to say thanks uh, for doing this it's it's been nice to catch up with you it's been it's been a while I'm sorry there was no no match to talk about absolutely thanks for having me back I hope to come back soon yeah it's man. always fun getting on the podcast and hopefully next time I'm back we will actually have a season yeah yeah or at Matches least you know something. like a, an official start date or end date for it right like just any anything that or, gets or us. just news. Yeah. 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 And that's, and you know, that is one thing I really appreciate about the club is that they are not, our club doesn't seem to just put things out to put things out, which I really appreciate. But sometimes that gets frustrating because right now I want something to, to latch onto and look at so that I don't have to pay attention to the Jan Valerie stuff as much, you know, like I don't want that to consume my day. And it's, it's very like, I, I haven't, I don't have Twitter on my phone at this point because it will consume me and so to i logged in last night kind of as we were as i was setting up the outline and i messaged you and said like oh, you better look at this if you haven't and i mean it prompted me to go for spend a considerable amount of time kind of looking through the stuff but it just it, i didn't have to think about it all day which was nice because otherwise i would have just been constantly checking and looking for more stuff and just finding the same stuff over and over and just getting more worked up about it for no reason so absolutely yeah. Uh, but yeah, Zach, I want to say thanks. Uh, if people want to find you on Instagram, they can do that. Um, you are at Zachary underscore Coopersmith. You can also get, uh, at Southampton with two N's FC, um, and at the saints voice for, for saints stuff. Obviously, uh, more stuff will come once saints are doing stuff. So, um, yeah, but you're there and, and man, I hope you enjoy the lake, enjoy the weather. Um, go, go, don't sit inside because you have some, some free space. Uh, you, you can social distance, uh, and uh, and actually enjoy yourself. So, um, enjoy. Thanks, Matt. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. It was always great coming back on here. Yeah, man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Zach Coopersmith. You can follow him on Instagram at Zachary underscore Coopersmith. His Instagram pages are at Southampton with two N's, FC, and the Saints Voice. Both of those links are in the show notes, or all of those links are in the show notes. 
Uh, so get on there, follow him. Um, if you like metal, you like music in general, uh, you like sports, uh, he's all over the place in terms of uh, traveling and being involved. So uh, follow along. It's, uh, it's an enjoyable journey, and I hope that the episode was one as well. While you're on Instagram, if you want to follow the show, you can do that. We are at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. If you don't want to go to all those places, you just want to go to one link and find all of those things. You can do that by going to the show website, SouthamptonDelivery.com. There you can find links to all the social media channels. You can submit questions for the show. And you can get links to subscribe to the podcast so you get it each and every week and you don't ever have to worry about missing an episode. Partners of the show help make it possible. You can follow Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram by going to at We Are Southampton. He does the logo for the show. Jay, who runs the Southampton page, is at Southampton page one on Instagram and at Southampton page on Twitter. Uh, They are the official partner of the show so go give them a follow once again uh, links are in the show notes there all music for the show comes courtesy of the free music archive at freemusicarchive.org the intro song is epic song by boxcat games and the end of show credits that you listen to right now it's aim is true upon it and bear uh, i am blessed to have a loyal team of patrons uh, who help support the show if that sounds like something you would like to do head on over to patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, no pressure, but uh, you get a little bit extra. And I haven't talked about it in a while, um, but they are uh, a truly a source of joy for me. So I just want to say thanks to all of them for doing that. And uh, if you would like to join the team, go for it. Uh, if not, just continue listening. Please share the episode, subscribe, uh, rate and review in iTunes or wherever you listen. Um, I appreciate it all. So uh, that's enough for this week. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back next week, newsletter on Friday. And until then, from that together, we march on. And all right. Is that?